Hello and welcome to the Unnamed Podcast. I'm Eric. And I'm John. As fans of horror, our goal is to weigh the merits of films based on categories, scare factor, monster quality, and production to decide whether to admit them into our sacred horror canon. In this podcast, we'll talk about which horror movies to watch next, what's worth revisiting, and what to recommend to the uninitiated. And today we're talking about Rec and Rec 2. Yes, the Rec series. Yeah, so tell us a little bit about this. So John's the one who introduced me to the series. I think I'd seen Quarantine, you know, as a trailer in some mm-hmm. horror movie and like on Netflix, but I didn't know the origins. So how did you come okay. about it? Uh, a friend of mine recommended it to me. He said, you've got to see this movie um, and see the sequel too because it holds up. And so I did and I loved it and I was blown away that you've not seen these horror classics. I know. So I was actually so excited for you to see it for the first time. And I <laughs> wanted to see it for the first time again. I wish <laughs> I could have had that experience. Well, you saw, I mean, so we had to, um, <clears throat> unfortunately I fell asleep during Rec 2 in the ending and I had to watch the ending of it here at school. So you got to see my, I mean, those were my honest reactions to yeah. it. Yeah. Like, it was fun. Yeah. I mean, I, I'll start off by saying they're fun movies. Now we oh, have to yeah. decide if they're going to be in the canon, but I, I think it's fun. So what's the background on it? Okay. So Rec, R-E-C, um, the original film was made in 2007 by Wame Belaguero in Paco Plaza. Um, the summary is a television reporter and a cameraman follow emergency workers into a dark apartment building and are quickly locked inside with something terrifying. So, are you ready to... Yeah, let's start with Scare Factor. So, we're, yeah, right. we're looking at the film has a clear intent to scare and must be successful in that objective from beginning to end. For me, watching this, a lot of times with the found footage movies like we've talked about before, I just kind of start off with a bad attitude and I, I'm not going to be scared. But what I liked about this one from the beginning is no matter what you want to call this, if you want to call this a demon movie or a zombie movie, I like that we start with the firemen. I've never seen, it's always army, it's always SWAT, it's always police, or it's always some idiot wandering in, or whatever. I like that it's the firemen as part of the emergency staff. That's great. Yeah, that was really cool. Yeah. That was different for me. I like how they set it up with the news reporter. Um, She's like, you know, she's like on the D-list. You can tell Mm -hmm. she's like a D-list news reporter doing this story, because she's kind of bumbly or whatever, but I I like that, and it made sense. She was... Charming instantly, yeah, I thought. Absolutely. And um, and so, but once once we get to the apartment, and once we see the woman who is a zombie or possessed, we'll get into the mm-hmm. probably with monster quality exactly like what how yeah. to classify this right. Um, <clears throat> but once that happens, um, once it starts it it becomes chaotic so quickly mm-hmm. and from then it's it's non-stop yeah well once they get in there and things start rolling even though the beginning all that like the exposition is just like front-loaded in yeah. there in the explanation but that's okay it kind of makes it more fun just to get into the action but in terms of intent i think it is very clear like oh yeah you know this is going to be scary from the get-go mm-hmm. um it's supposed to and Thinking of Scare Factor 2, classic with these movies, is I always, even though I like jump scares, I hate the overuse of them, and I feel like this movie doesn't overuse them. 
No. No. It's not around the corner, them scaring each other in the dark all the time even. It's like... Yeah. It, well it was To me, it was more like pacing. Like, you mm-hmm. ha- they had like a moment to breathe, mm-hmm. and then it started again. Yes. And so yeah. someone turned into a zombie, it's not a quick, or someone yeah. grabbed someone, and then it just became hectic again. Mm-hmm. And so it wasn't about just the scare of the moment. Mm-hmm. It was just pushing... Yeah, the action forward. It's yeah, it's a domino machine with the dominoes spaced out. Yeah, um, and I feel like I mean we could talk about this with production, but I feel like they do that with sound, with the sound going mm-hmm. in and out. I thought it was really yeah. effective. It didn't seem cheesy at all. Yeah. Um, so I feel like Scare Factor, it was successful for me uh, from beginning to end because the setup was all there, and then there were many moments, not in the beginning so much. I feel like these movies are such a slow burn that the scariest moments are at the end. Yeah, that. It's scariest was at the end, I guess, as it should be. Right. Um, so, I mean, yeah, it worked for me. What do you think? I'd give it a point. I, I would agree that the scariest moment is at the end. Um, the original Patient Zero, that girl, is terrifying. Yeah. And you can only see her through night vision. And when I was re-watching it, I was thinking, as she appeared on screen, I was like, oh. CGI hasn't aged well. But then I realized it's not CGI. No. And I saw some of the behind-the-scenes footage, and it showed putting the makeup on this way skeleton-like skinny dude. And it still is one of the creepiest monsters, I think, on film. All right, so it sounds like you're giving it a point for sure? Absolutely. All right, let's talk about monster quality then, talking about her. Uh, The... Films monsters are frightening, clearly relate to archetypal fears, and have depth. So, yeah, I think that they definitely relate to archetypal fears. Like you said, patient zero, disease spreading. Yeah. Um, those kinds of being feeling trapped. In, the claustrophobia, yeah. I think, is a huge part or of even it. Even not knowing and trusting your neighbors. I think it was a mm. little subtle one, but I really mm-hmm. enjoyed that. I mean, they try to blame it on the foreigners. I know. At first, they're eating all that crazy raw fish, <laughs> and they get so upset. Um, and I, I, I don't know. I really like that. Uh, in terms of, like, the main monster, just have one word, zomboobies. Zomboobies. <laughs> that, it scared me, and I feel like it gave it, gave it quality. You know, and, and this is something that I was actually going to bring up because Quarantine is practically a shot-for-shot remake of this movie. Um, basically, instead of distributing Wreck to American audiences, they decided, hey, we're just going to remake this so they don't have to read. Mm-hmm. And so it's it's so similar and in very subtle ways it's not as good really um yeah i was pretty in terms of like monster quality even are you thinking about that pacing i I was actually thinking about i can't remember the name of the the girl at the end the possessed girl Mm -hmm. um but in quarantine it's a guy okay and so just that like subtle difference between like this girl with like the saggy, gross boobs, zombies. and like yeah, zombies, <laughs> and just a man who you know is wearing like whitey tighties. It's just not yeah. as scary. So there, you heard it. Zomballs <laughs> are not as scary <laughs> as zomboobies. <laughs> right, but let's like. <laughs> well, so what? What I really like about 
this franchise. It's it's subtle in the first one, and then it really comes into play in the second one. Is is this a zombie movie or a possession movie? Oh, I know. And you don't. It has all the classic tropes. So in terms of monsters, it's to me the classic fast-moving zombie. It feels like a zombie. It, they treat it like a disease. Right. Um, and that some of that stuff bothered me a little bit. Like, I'm kind of weird about the sound that the monsters make. Mm-hmm. I, the, I think, this, oh my gosh, the sound that the little girl makes is this like yeah. weird cat sound. That's creepy. And because it sounds natural, some of like the roaring that some of the adult ones do that it's it's a little too animalistic for me it's like are human vocal cords capable of that and it now it's explained if it's a demon possession because you can have like that demon voice but at that point for me while i'm sitting in the film i'm like oh it's kind of lame these like animalistic well and that's really i think only implied at the end of the first one oh yeah you see the The, newspaper clippings And That's what I'm saying. Yeah, we think it's zombies. Yeah, so we we pretty much think it's zombies throughout. So we can, I guess, save some of the possession talk for the second one. Um, but yeah, I think it, it it you know very much plays into the tropes of zombies. Uh, and um, one thing that kind of bothered me was the the timing between once you get bitten and when you turn into a zombie. Yes. It was way off because yeah. the little girl was sick for mm-hmm. how long since before the beginning of yeah. the movie, and then whereas some people get bitten and then right away they turn. Well, I, I guess you could explain that though because the ones who are bitten is a dra- direct transmission into the blood, whereas the girl it's kind of explained as like the dog licking her, so it's the saliva. Okay. So I, it it kind of made sense in that regard, but. It took still, way too long for those first two dudes. It's very convenient that to like actually start attacking. Right. There's so much again of that loading the exposition about the relationships of the neighbors and stuff yeah. before they start attacking. And there was one line that I think attempted to explain it, and it was when the health person came in mm-hmm. and he said it reacts to different blood types differently. Yeah, I remember that. So, That's right. That's right. I was just thinking like, oh, he must have AB positive. Oh, he must have yeah. O negative because, yeah. but I, I'm not going to hold it to that because I think this is a well done zombie movie. It doesn't feel like it falls too heavily into the tropes and become too cliche. Not overly so. I think uh, maybe reluctantly give monster quality because I feel like the main, like you said, the patient zero makes up for that at the end but again i'm trying to think it's like if we have this expectation that our monsters are zombies in the beginning so that sets us up to think one way i just don't know because even like i love that as a monster but she's also deformed in a weird way like her body's all Uh weirded out there's no explanation why she's so giant you know i the first time I watched it, I appreciated not knowing. Okay. I just enjoyed seeing it and thinking, what the hell is that? Yeah. And then so much was a mystery still. And then it's explained pretty much to complete.
completion in the second. Uh, yeah, that's that's what I feel like the role of the second one is is just to fill in the gaps of the yeah. story of her uh, with the priest and all. But for monster quality, I don't. know, I'm having a hard time giving a point. What part of the rubric are you I, sure about? Depth of the. Uh, but again, we have depth in the main monster, but I feel like in the ancillary characters, those secondary zombies. Zombie likes possessed, whatever we want to call it. Uh, they just kind of annoy me. Okay. Well, there's we. we I mean, we talked about the um, claustrophobia as part of it, and I think that is okay. Very yeah, let's deep. go there. So, yeah, that uh, yeah, the claustrophobia being contained. Yeah. Uh, the government control. If we're going to consider those as monsters too. Yeah. yeah. Then I'll give it a point. Okay. Yeah, if we had to focus just on the zombies, I don't. It's not my favorite yeah. zombie representation. Mine neither, but I don't think it's, it's particularly meant to be that. Okay, you know? I'll give it a point on that. Okay, I'll give it a point. So production, it's the film is timeless in the power and effectiveness of its writing, direction, acting, cinematography, special effects, iconography, and portrayal of its subject matter. So is this is it timeless? In those, in I would, the sense of, I would say yes. I think mm-hmm. this movie shows it's a great example of how found footage can work as a subgenre mm-hmm. because it adds that layer of authenticity to it mm-hmm. um, that isn't always there in found footage movies, yeah. um, like how they. Um, Use they have to use the camera at the end because that's the only way they can see. Right. Um, and other than that, it's really you know he's they're journalists, so they need to record. Yeah. Um, and also that the, the real time pacing of the movie because it really it seems to happen all in real time in mm-hmm. a sense, right? There's yeah, when no it shut off, major cuts. Right. Yeah, and so I feel like that also adds to the realism and authenticity mm-hmm. of the moment, just to make it this really intense, intense hour. Yeah, a couple of little things that do that for me, too, are um, the sound blowing out when the noise gets too loud, yeah. as would happen mm-hmm. with a camera like that. I think it's really effective and well-placed. Uh, I also like that it doesn't fall into the, all those silly traps about who's holding the camera. Right. It's like, it's Pablo yeah. the whole time. Yeah. We have Pablo. Mm-hmm. I mean, well, until Pablo's right. <laughs> and I also like how, you know, you have that scene where he's, like, spying through the window. Yes. And I feel like that was really a, a really effective use of found footage. Of just right. Having the they camera. didn't just, like, leave the camera in the room right. and tell them that it's off. It's like he's straining and, like, holding the yeah. camera up. Yeah. yeah. I was really worried when I saw the, I think it was the little girl playing with the camera. Oh or is yeah! It a phone? I think it's a camera. At the very though. beginning, she had like a little camcorder. Yeah, I was so worried it was just going to switch and be yeah. like POV of the the little girl, but it wasn't. So it was it was good. Mm-hmm. Like I said, that we can talk about this with Rec Two um, child switching. child zombies yeah. just scare the bejesus out of me. It's <laughs> <laughs> so, like that's the could be any other type of zombie, mm-hmm. but the children ones, the baby ones. Oh. Uh, but we'll get there. So production, yes, I feel like I need to give it a point. Um, the, I mean, if we have to get nitpicky about it, my complaint would be about, I don't like the way the blood looks mm. as a production. How come? It looks too corn syrupy. 
maybe it was the color on the TV that I was watching, but mm. it looked really, really clear. It didn't yeah. look like it was real blood. It looked like movie blood. Um, I thought the wounds looked great. Like when... Oh, when they're like in... Uh, when examining he's the like, bodies. And, and he sticks a needle in the wound. Yeah, that oh, was... that's... That, that, that got me. Yeah. That got Oops, me. Sorry, I like that. Um, so you're giving it a point? Yes. So well, I'm going to give is... it a point too. So welcome, yes. Wreck, to the canon. Yeah. I think this is a good one. If we have any found footage in here, I mean, no, we have Blair Witch, but... Uh, Wreck, I think, has it, its, it's, has up its there. place. It has to be. Yeah. I'm surprised there hasn't been... I mean, how many quarantine sequels have there been? Well, so apart from what we watched, um, we watched Wreck 1 and Wreck 2. There's Wreck 3, Wreck 4, Quarantine, and Quarantine 2. Okay, so Quarantine hasn't gone as far as no. Wreck has yet. Rightfully so. Yeah. Because I only watched the first Quarantine, and like I said shot for shot except not as good um even the lead actress um jennifer carpenter who's dexter's sister if you've seen dexter she just doesn't have the same um Je ne sais quoi. yes <laughs> of of um angela yeah in the, in the original Cool. So, so let's talk about the sequel yeah so wreck, wreck two. two this was made in 2009 same directors. Um, in order to ascertain the current situation inside, a supposed medical officer and a GEO team step into the quarantined and ill-fated apartment building. So this takes place immediately following the events of the first. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I and just for where a sequel starts. I love that the sequel picks up where the other one yeah. left off. Yeah. I think it's great. I think it, it is. I, I, I hated to see it. It was the SWAT team. Like, couldn't it have been any other rescue service? Did it have to be SWAT? I, or do you feel like it's maybe just, it just took, it escalated to that already? I think it makes sense within the context of the story. Um, now, one thing that was kind of. A negative, I would say, is that um, the characterization suffers because they're all these uniformed SWAT team members. So you have a hard time. And so you can't really tell who's who. Mm -hmm. You know, there's the chief, there's the guy who ends up holding the camera most of the time. Mm -hmm. But you don't really get a sense of character from mm -hmm. them. And so I think that suffers mm -hmm. in this movie. So let's talk about that. About scare factor, the film, again, clear intent and successful from beginning to end. Again, for this one, in terms of scare factor, the like, last half of the movie was way more scarier yeah. for me. I felt like, in terms of scare factor, the beginning of the movie was spent just retracing the steps of the first one. And, and, and then you go through it, and it's like, let's see every character from the first movie now as the zombie. It, I thought it goes that was kind everybody. of cool, though. Oh, I thought it was annoying. <laughs> Like, give me something new. It's a sequel. Yeah. yeah. I know they already turned into zombies. I already saw them. I saw mm -hmm. most of them yeah. in the first one. But it's like they literally went through the entire cast. Mm -hmm. And like, let's get a close-up of their face so you know that it's them. Speaking of faces, and I would add this to Scare Factor, Dr. Owen's face totally. <laughs> oh, yeah. Just his by features. Itself. Yeah. Oh, that my gosh. could be 
He could just stare at the camera for an hour and a half. Especially the night vision one. Yeah, the night when it's in night vision, yeah. And that he has the best look for this movie. Love it. It was he was very well cast. Uh, I will say, so going back to my fear of zombie children, uh, <laughs> when I saw them go in and then they saw the different patients and it's all children. I was like, oh my gosh, it's going to be yeah. zombie children everywhere. So that was a nice turn. After they go and you see, again, go through the, all the cast of the first one, right. and they go into that room and see all the children, uh-huh. and then they start getting attacked by the children. Um, what kind of made it less scary for me, though, and again, they're going a different direction with that. They're mm-hmm. going more towards the possession, the demon right. angle of it, away from the biological explanation. And then right in that moment when we figure out, oh, this is probably possession, then all, all physics is lost and we have that kid on the ceiling, like crawling right, like a spider. Right, And it just becomes, yeah, you, you have to suspend your dis. It becomes harder to suspend your disbelief. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but I thought um, there was a scene where one of the SWAT team members gets trapped and so he shoots himself, mm. and that scene really conveyed just the hopelessness of a zombie invasion mm-hmm. in a way that mm-hmm. I don't see too much in zombie movies. Yeah, there's always a cutaway. I mm-hmm. think that is, I mean, but again, it's one of the sound footage tropes, like look in the mirror right. to get the camera. But I think I think he has motivation to do it. It's not pointless in this moment. He has motivation to look in the mirror because he's trying to like say goodbye, yeah. I think, to the people on the other end. Yeah. I also liked the use of the long hallways and the stairs. And this was in the first one, too. Mm-hmm. But it just created a really good effect just to you know be looking down this long hallway and then something is... And I can't, this is going to sound gross, I can't get enough of pushing people over the railing. Yeah. <laughs> and this movie satisfies that, just just barely hitting those railings yeah. and then crunch at the bottom. Okay. On that marble floor, it must be. Right? It's so, some kind of stone floor. Yeah. All right. So then what about the last 20 minutes or so? How scary was is that? Is it scary? I, I don't know. After seeing the first one. It's because it's revisiting, it's revisiting the, the monster. I, yeah, I feel like with Scare Factor, when we're talking about sequels, there has to be, some, in my mind, and you can argue with me on this, Like, I feel like the Scare Factor needs to be upped or changed in some way. I, it needs to be new surprises or a new approach for a sequel. It can't just be rehashing the same tactics. I think that's true with the monster quality because it changes from a zombie movie into a possession movie. I think that's kind of the new twist. But they don't do anything with scare factor. I feel like there are not more apart jump from scares. that not apart from that interrogation scene where he is interrogating the zombie and then the the patient uh-huh. zero zombie is like speaking through him. I think that is the closest it comes to like a traditional a new possession scene. Yeah, I know. That's scary. Um, yeah, but I can see that. I, th- I think they do try to make, you know, do some new things with the found footage genre, like having helmet cameras and then interrupting the story to tell the story of the kids mm-hmm. getting into the building, which I would say was the weakest part of the movie. Absolutely. Yeah. I, and, and maybe it's that too. Maybe that interruption 
ruined part of the scare factor for me because we then start over mm -hmm. with the story. And maybe this can be a production discussion more so than scare factor. We start over with the story. And then I'm sorry, but like nobody was getting out, but those three idiot kids got in. That's uh... And those are really stupid kids. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He fires the gun twice by accident. <laughs> the gun yeah. that he finds in the room. Yeah. It goes off twice. Although I did like how, I, I don't know if you were thinking this, but when the firefighter was being pinned to the wall by a zombie and the girl had the gun mm -hmm. and she was aiming to shoot, and I had forgotten that this happens, but... I was just thinking, like, she's in the worst position to shoot. She's going to shoot the fireman. Mm -hmm. And she does. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I thought it was great because so many times <laughs> it's like... They, they become crack shots. Yes, yeah. they become crack shots. <laughs> and here's like, she messed up. Yeah. Uh, so I'm not... I can't give it... I can't give it scare factor. Because, again, it was just the re... I like the twist. I feel like that's a production thing or a monster quality thing, mm -hmm. but there's no new scares in it for me. I am inclined to give it a point. Um, and I think the ending solidified it for me. The very end, when we see Angela like being dragged away, she gets right in front of the camera and the zombie sticks that worm in her mouth. Yeah. But see, it becomes biological Ugh. again. That's where I'm like... It is. I, I think it's gross. It's creepy. Yeah. But then that kind of twists it. So let's go on but that's, monster quality. Yeah, but it that's more monster quality, right? Yeah. Than scare factor. Yeah, yeah. I'm saying that's... Yeah, I feel like that's more monster quality. And then scare factor, I just felt like... It was more just rehashing. There yeah, wasn't enough can, new scare. For yeah, me. I can see that. Uh, my friend originally told me that, you know, you've got to see Wreck, and then Wreck 2 is just as good. And I actually remember thinking that when I saw Wreck 2 the first time. But when I was re-watching it for this, I could see how it didn't quite hold up as well. Yeah, it's still it's still a fun movie. I still think it's a good movie. Um, so I'm going to give it a point for scare factor, but let's okay. get into monster quality. Yep, so they're frightening, clearly relate to archetypal fears, and have death. So I actually like it as a possession movie more than biological. Because I've never seen it before. I've never seen a, a zombie movie turned into a possession right. movie. I love that. Yeah, I thought it was great. I think monster quality is good. Again, those freaking kids. <laughs> <laughs> that is, yeah. it's, there's one scene where, like, where he's escaping, and I think there's like two or three of them, and he has to close the grate, and they're on the other side of the grate. Oh, like, uh, these little minions. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, really, I really liked that. Um, but where do, maybe I miss it, where do the kids come from? They're case files. Mm -hmm. They weren't in the original. Oh, uh, there one was. One of the kids is, but where did Rem the other yeah, ones I remember come from? in the there's attic. There's a little girl. Oh, there's the yeah, the one in the attic. Yeah, which is which weird because it was never explained. It's in just the first a boy one. that the priest kept she, in his attic. Yeah, he's just looking around the attic, and then there's a, li a little boy uh, there. So maybe there's multiple patients after, or they I brought think with so. Them? Okay, yeah, and that's I think what it had finding. to do with like they gotcha. were being tested or something. Gotcha, so. gotcha. So I like I like that. I like the monsters in it. I like I think as demons, the quality of the monsters are better in this one. The, even even production quality of the monsters is better mm -hmm. in the second one with 
with the makeup and even like the yeah. blood didn't bother me as much as it did in the first one. So I liked I, I liked I think they do have depth. I think because the focus of Rec Two is to provide that backstory mm-hmm. of patient zero in that yeah. weird room, um, that it gives it more depth. Yeah, I agree. So I'll it, give it a point as well. Yeah. It makes me actually more than liking the second one, it makes me like the first one more. Yeah. Which is, which is, I guess, is what a sequel should do, right? Sure. Um, it's rare. Yeah. But yeah. So it sounds like we're giving it a point. The production, yeah. the film is timeless, and the power and effectiveness of its writing, direction, acting, cinematography, special effects, iconography, and portrayal of its subject matter. So again, I feel like the production is upped on this mm-hmm. one for sure. Um, I don't think it has the timelessness of the first one. How so? With the found footage features, I feel like... It could have been, so the camera in the first one, it could have been any camera, and it doesn't matter the quality. And this one, because it, I think it's interesting that it tries all those different things with the different POVs Mm -hmm. and, like, bringing in and splicing it. But going from that and switching to the other story with the three kids who also happen to have a camera that they're filming, shooting the inflatable doll or whatever, (laughs) the sex doll off the roof, I just think that was just kind of silly. It was too much. It was kind of silly. It felt very contrived Although, in some ways. I will say, please, out there, if Hollywood's listening, <laughs> uh, please find another excuse to put a bottle rocket in a zombie's mouth. Yes. Or a demon's mouth. Whichever this is going to be. Loved it. <laughs> I, I got a huge kick out of that. Yeah. I don't, I've never seen that before. Mm-hmm. All manner of things, squishing zombies' heads, but never <laughs> seen a firework like that. Yeah. That was cool. I feel like it... it is definitely a continuation of the spirit of the first movie, which I think successful movies, successful sequels need. But I, like I said earlier, characterization suffers um, through the SWAT team and through those stupid kids. Um, so the writing is is not as good. The dialogue. And so, yeah, they're kind of like, there's less conversations about their stuff. They're just barking orders at each other. So I'm, I'm not sure about this. Yeah. Where, where do you fall? I don't want to give it a point. Well, the, I I already gave it a point for monster quality because the monsters have more depth and and look a lot better. So I, I'm not going to give it a point in production because in terms of, like you said, writing, uh, direction, and even acting, I feel like even the acting is not as strong in the first one. Like, I fell in love with some of those characters in the mm-hmm. first one. Um, the, the fireman, the bald one, who will call him Mr. Sledgehammer. I don't know. Um, either Alex or Manu. I don't know which. I think it's Manu. Okay. Yeah, I think I think it's him. He's the one with the, the sledgehammer, right, I think. Right, because yeah. she's calling to him afterwards mm-hmm. or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, I liked him. Although I love Dr. Owen. <laughs> but he was sort of a campy character. Yeah. Because at the end, I mean, he just has his face and he's saying, I need the blood. Yeah. I need the blood. Yeah. So it's yeah, really he's a, over he's the a top. doctor. He's a priest. He's mm-hmm. this behemoth. <laughs> he's giant. <laughs> so remembering about Dr. And I almost want to give it a point, but uh, I don't know. I decide. Yeah. I, I don't think I'm going to. I think, I mean, are we wanting to put this in honorable mention? I think, I think it. I think it I needs think it to. I feel like it. It really uh, filled in a lot of the gaps for me in the first one. I don't think I can put it in the canon, but I think it's worth watching. If you enjoy I, Rec One, you're gonna like Rec Two. Right. Yeah. Yeah. 
for four your, flaws, you're going to like it. It's yeah. going to be just as fun. Yeah. Now, just a little bit about the sequels. Mm-hmm. Rec 3 is such a disappointment. Really? And I it hate saying movies are awful, but this one it is set in a wedding, and only one of the directors um, from the first two directed this. Um, and it just becomes campy and slapstick mm. kind of mm-hmm. co- action and comedy. Just a total deviation. It was so disappointing. Rec 4 is a more recent movie, and I just saw it in pre- preparation for this. It actually continues Angela's story. Um, she wakes up on a huge ocean liner. Okay. Um, so the possession element's still there, but it ultimately just becomes a very generic zombie movie. Mm. And so I would say stick with Rec 1 and Rec 2. The sequels really aren't worth watching unless you're a diehard fan. Another thing I forgot to add that I really enjoyed in this movie is that it has improved my Spanish. Oh, yeah. Yes. Punta Cuño. <laughs> like, that's every other word. Is this our first so uh, foreign language film? Yes. In the canon? It is. Right. It is. Worthy. Definitely worthy. Um, have you seen, uh, thinking about that in the American remakes, have you seen Let the Right One In? Yeah. You have? Mm-hmm. Maybe we should do that at some point. Yeah, we should <clears> do it. Love it. All right. So we have Wreck in the canon. Uh, Honorable mention of Rec 2. Now it's uh, our last episode in October. Happy Halloween. This will be released on Halloween. And we need to go through the names. We spent a month brainstorming names. Yes. Uh, do you want to read through what we have and then we can go over our top ones and possibly come to a decision? Okay. Yeah. Let's go through them. Just want to trade off? Sure. I think we have them in the same order. I yeah. think so. Okay. You do this one because this is yours. All right. So my original suggestion, two ghoul fools, too cool for school. And then I mispronounced that one and said too ghoul for school and kind of liked it. Yeah, so, so that's up there. So that's the next one. Uh, cannon fodder. Mm-hmm. Terror test. Categories of horror. Pop-off's dirty diaper. <laughs> and we talked about this. I totally did it. meant it as a joke. <laughs> but I was just thinking about this, and I think it would be so great for movies that don't Make honorable mention or the canon that they are put into Papa's Grandpa's dirty diaper. Papa's diaper pail. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then we have Horror Ed. Terrifying ENG. And the horror movie rubric. Right. Are those our options? Yep. Okay. Those are what I saw. So let's uh, start with your. We rank Let's, them. Uh, we rank top our top three. three. So, All what's right. your number three? My number three, Cannon Fodder. Oh, my number three was Categories of Horror. Okay. Um, my number two was Too Ghoul for School. That was my number two. Okay. Uh, and what was your number one? Terror Test. I had Horred. Oh. So, we both agree on Too Ghoul for School. So I gave, I I added points to these. So third place earned one point, second place earned two, first place earned three. Two Ghoul for School has four points. 
Whereas Terror Test and Four Ed have three points. Do we want to go with Two Ghoul for School, or I think do you want I, to defend? As much as I love that, I I think in terms of being catchy and actually saying what it is that we do here, I think Terror Test is probably a better fit. Really, I was cl- I mean, I was tied between one of those with the Horror Ed or Terror Test as my number one because I feel like it captures what it is we do. My concern with horror ed is the horror part. Because then, yeah, yeah. No, that's why. That's why I'm thinking terror test is better. I had, yeah. The, I mean, the way horror ed sounds is that we're just going to be saying we lay out the or, so it just yeah. So horror ed, where we <laughs> I don't, talk about prostitutes. <laughs> I don't think that one. <laughs> we want to keep our jobs. So I, I'm, I'm kind of leaning more towards since we talked about them and said them out loud. I mean, terror test. Welcome to the terror test. Yeah. I like it. I like it. it. Okay. It's so because the test part still speaks of school. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. It's our rubric is our testing measure. Yeah. Cool. All right. It's the terror test. Welcome to the terror test podcast. I like it. I like it. Let's talk about what we're doing. So next week, um, we're actually, we're going to record, but take a week off. And then our next post will not be until Friday the 13th. We're going to start making this twice a month. Uh, we wanted to do it every week for October. Mm-hmm. Uh, so our next post will be Friday the 13th. And what better way than celebrate Friday the 13th is by watching a Friday the 13th movie. So how many did we find? There's a total of... There are 12 Friday the 13th movies. And that includes Freddy versus Jason and Jason Goes to Hell Yeah. Um, that we put in there and the remake. Mm-hmm. So what we did is we put uh, numbers in a hat. <laughs> We're going to each draw a number. And then whatever no- number that corresponds to... Uh, in the uh, sort of like bibliography of Jason, Friday the 13th mm-hmm. movies, those are the ones we're going to do. So you want to draw first? Okay, so this is one of and the Jason Friday X. the 13th. Come on, Jason X. Jason <laughs> goes to space. 11. So what is that? that is the 11th is, one. Is that Jason X? Uh, no, Jason X is 10. I know, but... Fre- Freddy versus Jason. Freddy versus Jason. We're oh. going to watch Freddy versus Jason. <laughs> Oh, I wish I, I have that on DVD. Uh, it's just in storage. All right. <laughs> the 12th one. What's the 12th one? <laughs> the remake. Okay, good. I haven't seen the remake. I haven't seen it either. I haven't seen the remake. So we'll start our study of Friday the 13th with the two most recent movies. <laughs> Freddy versus Jason the and remake. the 2009 Friday the 13th remake. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I like that. Uh, like I said, I haven't seen, I haven't seen the remake. I don't know. I don't even know what's surrounding it. I haven't even talked to anybody about it. I just, I don't think it's supposed to be that great, but we'll find out. But you know on... what's great? Freddy versus Jason. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Love it. I saw. You know what? I saw that movie in the theater with my mom when it came really? out. Really? Yes. She's a. She loves scary movies. She's the one that kind of like brought me and my brother up in it and. When that came out, I think I was like home for vacation or something, and I was like, Mom, let's go see it. She's like, great. Does that one have the character who is on drugs and like hallucinates something? Drugs and hallucinates. Uh, we'll, we'll find out. We'll yeah, we'll find out. Uh, again, thank you for joining us now on the terror test. Yes. Uh, again, we're going to be posting Friday the 13th. I'd encourage you to check out other content and episodes on unoyasolstice.com, E-U-N-O-I-A-S-O-L-S-T-I-C-E. And then I've been forgetting to mention another partner uh, 
podcast on Unoya Solstice that's all about writing and the experience of writers called the Outrider Podcast. So if you like what we're doing here, please check that out. And we'll see you next Friday or Friday after next. Testing time is over. Testing time is over. Pick up your pencil. <laughs> Pencils down. Pencils the down. The test is up. Okay, good. Test is over. Pencils down. Test is over. <laughs>